Hi, my name is Kirk Hamilton, your host of the Staying Healthy Today Show. This is a show where we bring you experts in the fields of nutrition, prevention, integrative, and lifestyle medicine. Uh, my guest today is Professor Carl J. Nieser. He's a PhD from Switzerland, but he is a professor at the College of Public Health Sciences at Chulalongkorn University in Bangkok, Thailand. And I was here at the uh, 19th World Congress on Obesity. He did a great talk that just got my interest, and that was, is the benefits of sunlight more from the sunlight or from the vitamin D? And he brought up some many of the things that I thought were really relevant and that I actually agreed with. So welcome, Dr. Nieser. Thanks for being on the show today. My pleasure. So first of all, you're from Switzerland. So tell us how you got to Bangkok and the University of Chulalongkorn. Uh, I have been living uh, over 50 years in Switzerland, teaching at Lausanne University. I have an education in the field of sport science and physiology. And I have been a professor at Lausanne University for more than 20, 25 years. Then I had some changes in my life. And at that time, I met with a charming Thai lady, as young as I am. And uh, she took me to, to Bangkok. And two months later, two months later, I started teaching at, uh, at Chulalongkorn University. Now, tell us a little bit about Chulalongkorn University. You said it's a very large university. Yeah, Chulalongkorn is number one university in Thailand. It's ranked between uh, the, the top ten in, in Asia. And we are the biggest university in, in Thailand, over 46,000 students. Tell me, what, is, what are some of your really interest in medicine, public health, anti-aging medicine? Where, where, what, how do you put it all together? You know, I'm coming from a physical education. And I got in contact with anti-aging medicine about uh, over 20 years ago. People were recommending physical exercise for health and longevity, but they didn't know exactly what was the, the connection between physical exercise and health. And I arrived at, at the right place at the right moment. And I met at that time, I met colleagues in Europe, anti-aging specialists. I got in contact with the anti-aging medicine. They asked me to, to speak at congresses about the connection, exercise and, and health. So tell me how you got involved with vitamin D. Because it, it obviously seems like a passion of yours. And sunlight seems like a passion of yours. So tell us about how you got involved with vitamin D research or sunlight research or whatever you want to call it. You know, exercise is not the only strategy for health and longevity. My special field now is, is the, uh, the connection between lifestyle and health and longevity. And I started two years ago together with a colleague here at, at, at my faculty to write a book about the key for, uh, to health and longevity defining the, the most important strategy. And when I did the research, I found a lot of studies about vitamin D and chronic non-transmissible diseases. And I got really interested about two years ago, and I was surprised, and I was really, I was uh, surprised and impressed how much influence vitamin D has on on our health and vitamin D as as we know vitamin D is not a vitamin is a steroid with hormone like activity each of our organ has vitamin D receptors and these vitamin receptors are not there for for nothing they have a specific function and 
all our organs need vitamin D to function correctly. So one of the things that got me very interested, and besides I have his book in front of me, it's called The Key to Health and Longevity by Dr. Carl Nieser, and I hope I say this name right, Dr. Ratanya Somrongfong. That's correct. So here's your main point that I got from your talk is that, I mean, vitamin D deficiency, I see it all the time. I mean, I live in sunny California, but everybody's inside. I mean, I personally try and get out at noontime before I even met you to do 10 minutes to 15 minutes of yoga in the sun and then go back to work. So everybody supplements. I do it in our integrative medicine practice because I see everybody low. It doesn't really matter what color skin there are, what ethnicity. So the problem is, is it the vitamin D that we're trying to get up or is it better to get sunlight to activate whatever sunlight does plus vitamin D? It is not easy to say because it's really uh, very individual. Most of our vitamin D, we get it through sunshine by our skin and less by our diet. And we have seen people more and more, they, they have indoor activities. They are less outside than 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. And at the same time, we have an increase in any chronic non-transmissible disease, and there must be reason. And when I started doing my research about risk factor for the different chronic non-transmissible diseases, okay, you find exercise, diet, sleep. There are quite a lot of studies, research about sleep and health. And I was surprised to discover a huge number of studies about vitamin D in connection with all these chronic non-transmissible diseases. And that you mean by heart disease, diabetes, um, obesity, bone loss, neurodegenerative diseases, the chronic diseases of aging, chronic diseases, non-communicable diseases. So you know that there's lower vitamin D levels, let's say, overall and an increase of those diseases. So again, the question is, how do you approach it in your clientele? If they, if they come in here, if we're sitting outside here in Bangkok and we grabbed 100 people off the street and we did vitamin, certain vitamin D levels, many would be low, correct? Of course. All right, so do you begin supplementing right away and what do you consider low for a vitamin D level? Or you say, do I get rained on <laughs> this time of year? <laughs> Go get some sunlight. Yeah, it's not easy to respond. Right. I cannot give you... Give right. well, you do the best you can. You're a clinician in the clinic. But you have to know, the older we get, the older we get, the less we absorb vitamin D from our diet. And we did a, a very interesting study here at, uh, at, at my faculty in an old folks home with uh, two groups, vitamin D supplementation and vitamin D through sun exposure. And we had quite interesting results, not with vitamin D supplementation, but with vitamin D from sun exposure. Those elderly people, they were sitting out most days of the week, about 15-20 minutes around noon. And they had slightly higher levels, but not very significant, but in average, okay, it was, it was higher. Was their health better? This is difficult to your response, you know, but they were feeling better. You know, vitamin D has also an impact on our nervous system. We have vitamin D receptors on our nerve cells, and people or outside in the sun, they, are, they have better mood than people who are inside without sun. That's exactly one of the reasons I do it for myself. Yeah. feel better at lunchtime when oh, I do it, yeah. going, back, going back to work. Yeah. So the, the yeah. nervous system has receptors. Has receptors. Cardiac tissue has Cardiac receptors. receptors. Either our iris has receptors. So I would say, you know, 
what is important, you have to check your vitamin D level in the blood and then you have to discuss with the person. It's very individual. Is he lives he in a, in a place where there is enough sun or not? And then uh, perhaps if this is not the case, then you start with uh, vitamin D supplementation, with oily vitamin D supplements. And if he has a possibility to, to go outside in the sun, the sun, there is enough sunshine, then I would, would send him out. So what would your baseline I know this is hard, but baseline level be to shoot for in the vitamin D in the blood. I mean, you go to an anti-aging meeting and I use nanograms per ml, but you know, it's 50 to 100, okay? That's what somewhere in that range, you know, the anti-aging doctors shoot for. Now, traditional medicine will say you're deficient at 20 or 30, so get between 30 and 50. I would say uh, less than 50 is insufficient. For me, sufficient vitamin D levels are between 50, 60 and over. So when you start people on it, because I can just tell you that most everybody's paranoid of the sun, even where I live. And so if they're not going to get out because they're scared to death and they're putting on mountains of sunscreen, then do you start them off at 5,000 IU, just ballpark it, or 10,000? I mean, I know what I get in my levels. I'm uh, you know, people are, are afraid of, of the sun because they are afraid of skin cancer. Let's talk about that. Skin cancer, this is very interesting now. We have brand new studies showing that sunshine exposure is a risk factor for, for skin cancer, but from the white melanoma is the, the skin cancer that uh, rarely metastasizes. And interestingly, it is a protection against the black melanoma. The, the more aggressive one. The more aggressive one and the dangerous one. So what about the squamous cell and basal cells, the other cancers that everybody gets screened for? The dermatologists freeze off. You're not concerned about skin cancer? I'm not too much uh, concerned about skin cancer because you have to see all the advantage of vitamin D. People who have lack of vitamin D are at high risk for cardiovascular disease. So there are risks and there are uh, advantages. But you, you know, I understand dermatologists. They are very good doctors but they have a tunnel view. So tell me how you safely expose yourself to the sun, or would you recommend the people? I myself, I have a little bit sun protection in my day cream for my face. You cannot find, nearly not find anymore uh, day cream without sun protection. So I, I use a day cream with, with sun protection 15. I'm looking for, for other products. It's, hardly, it's, it's hard to find if you're looking for a good product, but the other way, I, I never use a sunscreen on my, uh, on my body. But you know, you don't have to, uh, to exaggerate, you know, you can stay 15-20 minutes, perhaps half an hour, it depends the time of the day. Uh, at noon, uh, you get much more vitamin D from the sun than at 9-10 o'clock in the morning, you have to stay 3 or 4 times longer, so don't uh, exaggerate. As soon as your skin is getting a little, a little bit pink, you have to stop, you have to go in the shade. No, I agree. Cover up. Right, that's what I tell people. As soon as you start turning pink, come in. All right. So, in part of your talk, it sounded like there was question marks about almost hazards of supplementing with vitamin D, that there could be some negative effects from it. Yeah, but... You hinted. Tell me what that concern was that you threw out there. The concern about vitamin D... Say supplementation. Is, you know, is there too, a way that you do too much? Are we trying to get too high doses? Because I tell you, you won't get between where you're saying 50 to 100 nanogram, um, nanograms per ml unless you're doing 
probably 10,000 a day. Yeah. You know, in Europe, when you buy vitamin D, you can buy, but only maximum dosage, I think, of capsule of 500 EU. If you want 10,000, 20,000, or 50,000, you need a medical prescription. In America, I think I never heard about a court case for uh, too much vitamin D. Well, I don't know if there is or not. I, I mean, I, I've watched people do it because I've measured vitamin D in every single patient that comes through. And um, I can tell you that between five and 10,000 will get you somewhere between 40 and 60. Only patients who have accidentally, I've had a couple accidentally, take 20, 30,000 a day for a while. They get up to 100, but I've never seen anybody over that, or 110. You know, there is a lot, I think there is still a lack of study. Who will, who will do study about D? Vitamin D is, is a fat soluble, soluble uh, vitamin, but it's not a vitamin. As I have told you at the beginning, it's a steroid, it's a hormone, and with hormone we have to be careful, you know, so supplementing hormones is not, is not an easy, and it's not an easy task. Mm -hmm. So I think too high, I will not go for too high dosing. Well, you're not going to get the levels you talk about. I mean, I'm not, there's no way you'll get them at a couple hundred, 400 or 600 IU a day. Yeah. I mean, it's just not going to happen. No, no. And you know, what is, um, what is important, you have to check your level. Right, I get but it. But what I have seen, the older we get, the lower are the vitamin D levels uh, in our blood. Because the absorption is not the same uh, as it was when we were young, you know. Tell me what you think of some of the extra benefits of sunlight is that you might not get from a vitamin D supplement. Uh, from the sunshine, there, there are, we, we, get, we get the vitamin D from the UVB rays. But there are interesting uh, uh, molecules from the UVA rays. You have nitric oxide and you have cholesterol sulfate, who have an interesting effect in our um, cardiovascular system. So, if I'm rehashing what you say, as soon as you get pink, you get out of the sun, midday sun, 10 to 20, 30 minutes, somewhere in that range. And then you might supplement, start off supplements if it's low, between, I don't know, 500 and 1,000 IU a day or something like two that? Two or 3,000. Yeah, two or 3,000. You know. Okay. And you would like it above 50, at least 50 nanograms per ml? Yeah. And so you get, you take sunlight because you feel better? Of course. Because sunlight has, must have an interesting effect, an important effect on our uh, nervous system also. And there are now interesting studies going on about the effect of the light on our uh, nervous system. Well, I'm, I, you know, most blue zone cultures of the world are outdoor people. I mean, they may cover up, but they're still outdoors all the time in their gardening, whether in Nicoya, Costa Rica, Okinawa, Japan, Sardinia, Italy, wherever. What would you like to see happen with vitamin D? How, what kind of public policy would you like? What do you try and get the professors over at the university and the faculty to do? What do you, what do you try and get them to do? You know, Thailand is, is very interesting. People are walking around with, with umbrellas in the sun. They are afraid of sun because they want a, a light skin. They don't like dark skin. But okay, what can we do? Can uh, try to inform people? You know what I tell people? During the whole evolution, all that species and human included have been exposed to sunlight. And all of a sudden, now, sun is poison. You know, our evolution is not finished. We adapt to our environment. And people who avoid the sun, they adopt, they, they, uh, uh, the evolution is, is, will be without the, uh, without the sun, less and less sun. 
and there are consequences. Are they good? Are they not good? I think this, uh, we have to be very careful. So your hint is that there's probably more, there probably is more chronic disease and part of that, part of that, the non-communicable diseases is related to vitamin D or sunlight insufficiency. That uh, absolutely. For me, the biggest threat uh, is uh, lack of sunlight and pollution. Pollution outside here, very polluted city, and electromagnetic field. We live in electromagnetic soup. Lack of vitamin D, pollution, electromagnetic field, this is poison for our body. And I think these are the three main, main risk factors for the communicable diseases. We have to be realistic. All these diseases have exploded over the last 10, 20 years. And it's, it's, still, it's still increasing. Um, it's interesting that you brought up the light skin. I just want to say on, in Asians, I've got phone calls at our clinic from people, Asian people wanting two things to whiten their skin. IV vitamin C and glutathione. And out of the blue, because I, I, we give it, but not for those reasons. And it made my head turn. <laughs> and, I've got, and I've got more and more uh, phone calls from that. It's very interesting. The information, people wanting to do that. So before I get into your book here, and then we'll round up, um, what are your dietary beliefs? Just ballpark dietary beliefs. Uh, dietary for, beliefs. For longevity. For longevity. Okay. I think uh, everybody is an expert when it, when it comes to diet. You go, you look for a book, for, 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 diet, for dietary books. There are more than, in Amazon you can for, find more than 40,000 books, I, I think, you know. You cannot do everything right, you know. We know what, it, what kind of, of, of fat we have to avoid. We should avoid sugar, we know. And more and more, the elderly we get, we, get, we should avoid sugar. Keep an eye on good fat and avoid sugar as much as you can. But for me, I think it's not so important what, we are, what, what kind of diet. After one of the latest Harvard reports, they say, they say exactly this. They more important is to have a break between the last meal of the day and the first meal of next day for, of at least 14 hours. All right, so now we're talking about the fasting mimicking diet concept that I threw, I, I sent out at you. So, do you practice modified fasting or just every night, 12 to 14 hour fast, or you do periodic fasting? Yeah, with, with my wife, you know, we, we try to, uh, to jump a, a dinner from time to time. We, we try to have a, a, an early dinner and, and a light dinner. And try to have a good breakfast in the morning. Are lucky we have people who go to the market for us and when I, when, when I get, get up at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, I have always a very nice, a, a very uh, a healthy breakfast with fruit, with eggs, with, with even bacon in the morning. A good breakfast is important, you know, fruits, all kind of fruits. We are lucky we have a tropical garden, we have bananas, mangoes in our garden. So, it's, uh, so do you snack between breakfast and lunch or you just have lunch? What would be a typical lunch for... Our lunch is a little bit more complicated, you know. Either we have a lunch, a good lunch at home, with fish, vegetable, rice. Most of the days I'm on the move, my wife also, then we eat a little bit, a snack, perhaps fruits. Or we go in a Thai restaurant, eat a plate of pad thai, and then we have an early dinner around five, five, six o'clock. And it's lighter? Lighter dinner, yeah, yeah. Usually we, we, in the evening, we, most of the time we, we eat fish, fish, fish and vegetables, and brown rice. What do you drink? 
drink. I mean, it, what I meant was it doesn't it, have to be alcohol, but it can be water. Yeah, you know, tea, we alcohol, live here, we live in, in, in a Buddhist country. Buddhists usually don't drink alcohol. <laughs> it has an advantage with very little wine, you know. Sometimes we may have guests. I, I like to drink a beer from time to time, but usually we drink. So how do people get a hold of your book, The Key to Health and Longevity? How are they going to get a hold of this thing? My colleague, I, I wrote it together with my colleague. She's an associate professor, and to get to become a professor, <laughs> she, she has to write a book. <laughs> she told me, I don't have time, so I told her I write it, I write it together with you. And she wrote a very nice chapter about aging in Southeast Asia. She's working with, with people up country, with elderly people, and, and, and so on. For the moment, and this is at the, at the first edition. The second edition just came out and will be, has to be accepted by the university. There are several commissions where right. I, and then uh, I think in, within the next two months, the book will be online, okay. Amazon. And you can you can buy it in the. Well, you let in, me know when it is, and then I'll put okay. the link up with the okay. podcast. Yeah, okay. You know, when you okay. just send to me, and then I, I always okay. put the link. Up. Okay, you can put it on your on your, on your website. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. So this is uh, I've been talking to Dr. Uh, Carl J. Nieser, he's a professor at the College of Public Health Sciences in Chulalongkorn uh, University. He has special interest in longevity lifestyles. If I summarize it right, I would say that sunlight, exercise, pollution, and lowering electromagnetic fields are dealing with that somehow are big themes and don't be afraid of the sun um, don't go out and get burned midday 10 to 30 minutes is a reasonable thing to do because there's probably extra benefits aside from vitamin D levels you know it is very important I come from Switzerland in our country one of the richest country in the world big problem with a medical cost you know there are people cannot pay the insurance anymore and polit politicians are looking for solution because all the, the health costs are exploding. Your health care insurance is increasing and they're looking for solution. There is no solution. There is only one solution. It's called self-responsibility. People have to take their health in their own hand and try to respect health and a healthy lifestyle. But the problem is, you know, as long as I have seen, as long as they are not uh, affected by a disease, they are not concerned. And I have seen very sad cases, once they have a disease, can be a little bit late, you know. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Nieser, for spending some time with me, hitting me, uh, catching me here at the hotel in Bangkok, and um, taking the time, and I'll have this up in a couple of days. If you have a website or how people can get in contact with you if they want to, I will, okay. I will put that there. So thank you very much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Wish you all the best. All right. And I want to thank you, the audience, for listening to this edition of the Staying Healthy Today show. Until next time, stay and be well.